Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. Former President Donald Trump has made it official. He is running for president for the third time. But this time he faces significant opposition from within his own party as more and more Republicans see him as a drag on their general election chances. Former President Trump continues to be the country's election denier-in-chief, leading a large section of the GOP base that still believes he was robbed in 2020 and that Joe Biden's presidency is illegitimate. Now he will seek to return to the Oval Office despite being impeached twice and undermining American democracy in the waning days of his administration when he refused to follow the traditional orderly transition of power. For more, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Kami Akavan, Executive Director of the USC Dornsife Center for the Political Future, an expert on political polarization. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, so first of all, the reaction to Trump's declaration has been so different this time around, especially from some of his traditional allies. I mean, Rupert Murdoch's New York Post buried this announcement on page 26, and the article read, Florida retiree makes surprise announcement. What does that tell you about Donald Trump's place in the Republican Party as we roll into the 2024 campaign? Donald Trump's candidates are not winning elections, period. The Republican Party sees that as a huge red flag for their chances at the presidency and taking control of the Senate in 2024. So Trump could have outperformed expectations. He backed at least 14 candidates, and I think all but two have lost their races. J.D. Vance won, and the senator in North Carolina, Bud, won. All the other candidates, including governorships, secretaries of state, they've all lost. So his track record is looking poor. Meanwhile, look at Governor DeSantis. Not only did he win big in Florida, but he actually flipped places that were traditionally Democratic strongholds, including the very blue Miami-Dade County, where he did exceptionally well with Puerto Rican and Latino voters of other other heritage. Uh, So he's seen as the front runner, it is the dawn of Ron DeSantis and perhaps the sunset of Donald Trump. At least that's what many, including Rupert Murdoch, are trying to reflect. But I caution that don't count Trump out yet. Uh, he was counted out in 2016 when he ran originally for the GOP nomination. And he not only defeated, but he smashed his opposition. He is a formidable candidate. He has a lot of money. He's still very popular. So Perhaps things will crumble, but I wouldn't count them out yet. You've made a career out of researching controversial issues. There's no one more controversial, as you know, than Donald Trump. How has he had such staying power, and why do you think it may be starting to wane? Donald Trump has had staying power for a lot of reasons. One is people are fed up with politics in America today. They see him as an outsider. They see him as talking 
at their level and using their language, and he is unafraid to say what is on his mind, and for many, they find that very refreshing. He is a very skilled communicator, particularly on television. He's made a whole career of that for decades. So he's very effective at communicating his message. He knows how to motivate people with uh, fear, fear of immigrant caravans coming across the border, fear of crime and fear of drugs. Uh, So he targeted those themes in his big announcement speech. The reason that he's had staying power is because of this great loyalty that he's generated among the base. I mean, he still has about two-thirds of the Republican Party, at least as of a week ago, that said uh, he they would consider him in voting for the for the president. Uh, a lot has happened in this last week. I haven't seen polling since then, but uh, I have seen that Ron DeSantis has been has been surging in popularity. He's already a popular governor in Florida. He is not afraid to go big, make very big and controversial statements, uh, and speak to a lot of the values that are motivating Republican voters. Uh, And certainly on on economic issues, he's drawn a lot of the businesses out of California, even out of Texas, to the state of Florida. We have been mired in this deeply polarized era since at least the contested election of 2000 between Al Gore and George Bush. Do you think or do you ever see us emerging from it? And, And if so, what would it take? The trend lines on political polarization are going in the wrong direction. Things are getting worse, not better. There are serious concerns about violence in this current election cycle. Thankfully, we didn't see that at any meaningful scale. Uh, There was some intimidation in places like Arizona, but in general, it was a pretty peaceful election. When you look at degrees of what's called affective polarization or the feeling that it's not about I'm right and you're wrong, it's about I'm right and you're evil, that feeling that the other side is evil is increasing and has gotten to be where that measure of polarization is higher than it's ever been. So for people who remember the civil rights era and the the peace marches of the 60s and the Vietnam eras, and they think, gosh, things seemed like they were much worse then than they are now. And by some measures, that's true. However, if you look at party polarization, how much does one party support legislation from the other party? By that measure, we are at an all-time high. We haven't been here since, or we passed where we were immediately following the U.S. Civil War. Our political parties, as a reflection of who we are as a people, those parties are very far apart. And the reason they're far apart is multifold, but part of it is because we keep electing them. Uh, So the reason that we keep electing extremist candidates is because our election system has become increasingly rigged, and by that I mean is increasingly gerrymandered, is increasingly subject to the influence of massive outside spending, not local, but outside spending. Uh, and it's also a matter of the self-sort. We're increasingly moving into communities that reflect our own values and ideologies. So our neighbors look more and more like us, and the other side looks more and more different. And different equals bad in many circles. So we've just learned to stop getting along. The public square is shrinking. It's easier for people to stay isolated in their echo chambers and their their bubbles and order everything from Amazon and Uber Eats. And meanwhile, we're not interacting with one another in ways that we used to at scale at places like the mall and Little League games. So a lot of that is on us. A lot of it is on the systems. And there's a lot we can do individually, interpersonally, but also systemically to prevent polarization from happening. It takes a lot of will. And it's not always fun or pleasant to have uncomfortable conversations with people whom we disagree strongly. But honestly, that's the solution. We have to have those uncomfortable conversations and that conventional wisdom we were taught. Never talk about religion and politics has led us to a place where we are terrible 
at talking about religion and politics. So to get better at it, we got to practice, have those courageous conversations, start trying to change the system in ways that can be useful to us average citizens so that the system is not as rigged, the candidates are not as extreme, and we can see the kind of changes that we need in our society to continue to remain the world's number one economic superpower and, and the beacon of liberty for the rest of the world. And, Doug, we are just getting word that the Republicans have won control of the U.S. House, returning the party to power in Washington and giving conservatives leverage to blunt President Joe Biden's agenda. Yeah, let me just, so we'll get to that in a moment. I'd just like to thank Kami Akhavan. Thanks for being with us, Executive Director of the USC Dornsife Center for the Political Future. Uh, let's hope we have the will to end this polarization and bring everyone together. And yes, the Republicans have now clinched uh, control of the Congress. I mean, that's not a surprise. We knew that was coming. Uh, but um, that puts them at 218 as it's California 27, uh, one, one of the districts that was uh, still, you know, somewhat in doubt. Um, and it's been called now for the, for the Republicans now. 218 seats in the House of Representatives. There'll be more to come. I think they'll probably end up around 221. Uh, but that's the Mike Garcia, Christy Smith race uh, down in Southern California, where Garcia had led from the very beginning. And he's up by eight points consistently. He still is. And they finally called that one for him. That gives them 218 seats, puts the Republicans over the top. And of course, you can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. Also on the Odyssey app, whenever you want it, wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.